0: This is episode 5 of season 2, Trash Talking with Eco-Warriors, featuring Jody Taylor, documentarian-photographer.
1: You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco-Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host and founder of Trashy Beauty, Barbara Lee.
0: About a year ago, a photographer from Australia reached out to me. She had found my coffee body scrub company through the Lightfoot Market and wanted to talk to me about a photography project that she was working on for the International Center of Photography in New York City. We agreed to meet for coffee, which only seemed appropriate, and that conversation spiraled into a pretty amazing friendship between the two of us. This is her story. Jody Taylor had left behind her job in financial services and was on a mission to document the waste here in New York City. During the four months she spent working on this project, Jody ended up at e-waste facilities, followed compost services across Manhattan, went dumpster diving with the freegans, and discovered a part of the city that is relatively unknown to most New
1: Yorkers. I was working for a fairly large insurer, and I was doing the job of corporate social responsibility. So I was trying to raise the profile of what they were doing for the community and, and how they were operating in space and like not harming the environment and those sorts of things. But what I found was it was all lip service and it was a little bit of not so much greenwashing because of the nature of the business, but I felt like it wasn't really doing anything. I'd been working there for like 11 years and it was definitely time for a change.
0: The best part is that all of this happened pretty serendipitously for Jody.
1: I'd been taking photos um, for about eight years, just as a hobby, but at that point, I just, I needed to do something different and I needed to do something that was actually contributing to the environmental issues in a positive way, rather than just being a bystand. And in my own world, I was like in my own lifestyle, I was making choices that were benefiting the environment or trying to reduce my harm, but I needed to do something more that was greater than just me and my bubble. And I was traveling for about three months. The end of my trip was in New York, and I'd already known that I needed to do something different. I already felt that I needed to do something creative and something that was contributing to the environment. But I hadn't known exactly what, and I actually just stumbled across this school. They had an open day. I went down there and they told me about the documentary program that I then uh, signed up for the next year. And and when I was there, I just saw all of these examples of people using photos to tell stories and to actually create movements and to educate people. And and that's when I knew that that's how I could do something that was actually positive and serving something that was missing inside of me. I decided that I would move to New York. It was about a year of just working really hard and saving and I quit my job and and move to the city to start the program.
0: Jody's first thought was to photograph waste in New
1: York. I mean, going from where I was living, um, Brisbane in Queensland, Australia, is a city, but it's a very small city. You can walk around and you really don't see any trash. And then going from that environment, and also I grew up by the beach. So I feel like people who live by the beach are very conscious of the aesthetics of place that you live and that creates people to pick up trash i think for the reasons of you're closer to the ocean so you see where it's going but also just the aesthetics of it i think that there's not really a deeper level of awareness than that going from these places where i didn't really see any trash and australia is really big and we're really good at getting out of our trash um and just putting it in the middle of the country And then coming to New York and literally just being surrounded by trash. You know, after a few months of living there, you become desensitized to the trash. You can walk down the street and it's not a big deal. Like, it would be odd to not see all of this trash, but at first it was very overwhelming. So what I wanted to work on was all around uh, consumption. I also had this idea that I didn't want to just create work that was negative. I wanted to create work that had solutions. So... I had this idea that I wanted to reach out and find people who were doing positive actions and then contrast that with landscapes of trash and consumption. It was really good. It was really interesting. One one place that I started at was Dead Horse Bay, which is one of my favorite places now in New York City. I went back there about three times. Where is it? Dead Horse Bay in Far Rockaway. And it is the old dumping site for New York City's trash. Every time there's a new storm a new layer of trash is like uncovered by the sand and it's literally a time warp you go through and there's all of these bottles it's just a beach covered in trash So one of my images from my series is actually from Dead Horse Bay and it was one of the first images that I took and still one of my favorites. But then other than that, it was actually quite hard to find landscapes of trash because the city sends away most of its trash.
0: While she was chasing around the idea of photographing different mounds of waste and trash, Jody ended up finding something else that really shocked her.
1: What I think is interesting is my intention of doing the program and making some work to raise awareness and educate people around environmental issues in turn actually was something that educated me like everything that I learned through doing this I became more aware environmentally and I even taught myself things that I didn't realize that I didn't know and I'm not talking about photography I'm talking about like environmental impacts and issues the best thing I think about this project was just everybody who is in the green space in New York City seems to know each other so one person then they would sort of give me tips for other places that I could look at and explore so I went to a couple of recycling plants and I went to the fabric collection place fab scrap and compost hauling and that's when I became a little bit obsessed with food waste this is where I really didn't know what I didn't know I honestly thought composting was something that my mum did because she loves to garden and she wanted good soil for her garden. I genuinely didn't know that there was such a big issue with food waste in general but also in America. And then I didn't realise what happens when that food doesn't get composted. One of the um, organisations that I met with was Common Ground Compost and Reclaimed Organics, I think, is their, like other brand. So I followed the haulers around for quite a few weeks and I would just follow them around their route in lower Manhattan just collecting compost and learning about what happens if it's not collected and then seeing actually how much food is wasted. I only followed around their routes which were collecting from small businesses so it's crazy to think what else is just thrown in the trash, like this is such a small group that's doing what they can, but it is a small group. Finding out about them and then learning about composting was something that I really genuinely didn't know was an environmental issue. And I, even when I was in my bubble thinking I was doing all of these good things for the environment, like I wasn't composting. I didn't, I didn't know that that was something that I could easily do myself to do something more.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor, Organic
1: Basics. This episode of Trash Talking with Eco Warriors is brought to you by Organic Basics. The fashion industry is a dirty bastard. Organic Basics is changing that.
2: Working with sustainability in every aspect of Organic Basics, we needed to break it up in three th- phases because it's extremely complex just to like talk about sustainability as something that we need to do right now because the world is changing too much. So we needed to break it down and make it more tangible and kind of like being able to apply it to our business. So we broke it down into three different areas.
0: That's Christopher Emanuel, co-founder and co-CEO of Organic Basics, a Danish company looking to change the fashion industry by using textiles and sustainable practices that are less impactful on the environment. What's one of the three important things they did to minimize their impact?
2: So we only source our clothing in Europe. We only use class A and B fibers, so that's either organic fibers or recycled And then we only work with certified factories, factories that has the GOTS certificate, which is the Global Organic Textile Standard. And then on a recycled fiber level, we only work with GRS certified factories, which is Global Recycle Standard. These are the two highest standards within textile manufacturing. It takes care of environmental impact, it takes care of the social impact, including that certificate they look at. How do the factories source their energy? How do they reuse their energy? How do they treat wastewater? What kind of lighting do they use in the factory? What kind of trucks do they use? Like, it's very specific to optimize for sustainability and for lowering impact.
0: What else goes into ensuring sustainable production for clothing? Listen to the very end when we return with more from Christopher and Organic Basics. The journey through food waste in New York City led Jody to a number of different experiences, including rescuing food with the freegans. Seeing food waste had a very emotional effect on her.
1: For me, there's a couple of different layers to it. I mean, seeing all of the people who are begging for food on the street and then that morning going around with the haulers and seeing slices of good pizza or fresh apples or whatever it is just being thrown in the bin. But the thing that really frustrated me a lot was when I would see wasted meat. I mean, all of it is such a waste of resources in the first place. So you're wasting all these resources, creating it transporting it. But then luckily what I was following was composting. So they would be turned into good soil, but then 72% of Americans don't compost. So you have all of this food that's wasted and it's great that you can compost it. I mean, what would be better is if there was a shift in how food was created so that there wasn't this overcreation of food that you know is going to be wasted. But then the fact that 72% of Americans don't compost, and I think a lot of that is to do with people not knowing that it's a thing that you can do. I personally would get quite uh, frustrated by seeing the amount of meat that was wasted because of the resources that go into food Animal agriculture is quite significant. And then to just see a lot of that go to waste is just heartbreaking.
0: 40% of food in the US is wasted every year. And as you heard from Jody, over 70% of Americans do not compost. It's like the missing million in terms of what is being wasted and where it could go. Last season, we interviewed Rescuing Leftover Cuisine and talked to their team about food waste in New York City. So hunger
1: is one really huge issue in our country. I think it's one in seven Americans are food insecure. And at the same time, 40% of the food that's wasted
0: in our country is just thrown away. One in five New Yorkers. Jody even ended up following the freegans to rescue food from being wasted. What did that feel like to realize this and like how much was being wasted? Like what did that... What went through your head and what were your emotions?
1: So I'd heard of dumpster diving and I'd never dumpster dived. But in this quest of finding out more about food waste, I did uh, reach out to the freegans, a group in New York City who, it's not th- it's not these people who don't have money. It's people who have decent jobs. They're very educated. They just choose not to buy into this consumerism society. So I followed them around a couple of times on some dives. It's crazy how much stuff is thrown out and i mean on one dive uh, and they would know their spots as well like that there's this there's this big culture of dumpster diving in new york because so much food is thrown out there would be this bag just full of pastries and donuts they were fresh they were still warm it's just that either they were closing and then too much or they have a policy that they have fresh pastries every couple of hours or whatever it is but it's just good food that's gone to waste I mean I was a bit overwhelmed because I didn't want it to just go to the rubbish but then there's also people not just the freegans who are who are dumpster diving and so you just take what you know that you can use yourself so hopefully there might be somebody else who is coming after you and dives and, and uses the produce but I did collect them just because I felt Like, I needed to take some. And the amount of people that were very thankful on the subway home, I just, like, anybody who asked me for food, I I gave them food. There's nothing wrong with it. It hadn't touched the rubbish. It was in a sealed bag. Sometimes it was even in boxes. Like, there was literally sushi that was in a package. There There was so much stuff that was still packaged. Like, the packaging and the food wasted is terrible.
0: By the way, going for a food rescue with the freegans is something that anyone can do. If you're interested, check out the Freakins' website. I'm going to link it in the show notes and go on the haul with them. If you want to learn more about this type of lifestyle, it's also worth checking out episode two of season one on Trash Talking, where we interview Cheryl, Rob Greenfield's partner, who is well known for his outlandish food rescues. So what ended up happening with Jody's project?
1: I still created my intended project on consumption, but then also created a side project on just food waste because I was learning I was learning my craft while also learning about food waste and trying to put together this story. I was shooting everything. I would follow these haulers around and literally shoot everything. So it would be scenes of the city and close-ups of the bike or the food or whatever it was. And I had hundreds and hundreds of photos and I would take them into class and I would have people review them and it just wasn't getting anywhere with anybody. And I felt like I just kept on, on missing something, which was quite frustrating. Breakthrough moment, I think, was I had a teacher assistant sort of help me out and look over my photos after the break because I would kept shooting and kept shooting. And and she saw this pattern of the food buckets and I sort of pulled them out and then that became my project, just actually focusing on these food buckets. So the haulers, they collecting the composted food in these buckets and the way that I shot them looked like plates. When I thought that I sort of had nothing, I actually had something the whole time. And then I started printing them out and showing people who had no understanding or idea of what I was doing or about food waste. And the reactions that I would get from people um, unsolicited would be like, it's making me hungry. And then they would look at it for a few more seconds and realize actually the food's mixed with some rubbish or there's a little bit of mould on that bread or whatever, and they would realise that what they're actually looking at is food that's going to the bin, not food that is to be eaten. And then that sort of contrast of, well, actually, you could eat it because so much food is wasted, but it is going to the bin type thing was interesting. Seeing so much waste everywhere and having the stress of just being in a new city, being in a new country, learning something new, uh, not having my support network... I actually think that through this project I connected with people who had the similar sort of passion to me and that was nice and and literally everybody that I connected with was so helpful and would connect me with somebody else and it it was just if if you if you look for people who are sort of in this green space and wanting to to create change like you'll find it and even though the, especially in New York Uh, you can look at it and just think that it's dirty and there's so many people and it's crazy, but there are a lot of people and a lot of small businesses who are actively trying to, to create something different, and there's some of the most innovative stuff coming out of the city. So I think from the need of having to do something to fix this waste problem... There's a really cool community out there.
0: We'll leave a link in the show notes so you can check out the amazing photographs that Jody took during her project. You can also follow us on Instagram to see some samples from her photo project, and there's also some stuff that's been left at the International Center of Photography.
1: So what's Jodi up to now? So now I'm living in Germany. The interesting thing for me in the city where I'm living, Stuttgart is one of the most polluted cities in Germany in terms of their air pollution. And air pollution is very interesting to me because it does affect a lot of people and it is in a lot of countries, but you can't see it. So it's not something that people, I guess, are so worried about everywhere. In Germany, it's a very hot topic. In April of next year, they are a significant amount of cars out of the city that I'm living in because of the air pollution and the diesel. So this country is still very reliant on coal and they have a lot of cars that are diesel run. Hmm. Um, but the irony of where I'm living in Stuttgart is they have this air pollution, and that's partly because of how it's shaped as well, but it's they're, they're the most polluted city in Germany, but they're also the home of Mercedes-Benz and Porsche factories, so you have this, like, really interesting fascination and love of their cars, but their cars are sort of the thing that's also killing them. That's what I'm trying to work on right now, but the issues are that you can't really see it, and I'm still learning how to speak Deutsch.
0: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for new stories from eco-warriors around the globe. This is Barbara Lee. Thanks for listening and stay green. And now a final word from our sponsor, Organic Basics. Listen to the very end, not just because it's a good story, but Organic Basics is giving trash talking listeners free international shipping on their
1: first order. We're back with Christopher Emanuel, One of the founders of organic basics who's about to tell us more about how his company is changing the fashion industry
2: the second phase that we looked at is the consumption phase which is definitely a hardest area to kind of like empower people to their impact because people have way that they like to wear their underwear they have a way they like to wash their underwear and and we kind of wanted to change that on a product level working with sustainability we try to not only use sustainable fibers but also work with designs that we believe can last for 10 years. So both in style, but also in technical construction, like we only use the best seams and the most solid fabrics.
0: How exactly did Organic Basics figure out creating clothing that would minimize impact?
2: So yeah, we do things on a lot of different levels to optimize for sustainability, and this is extremely complex. So we try to tell it through great stories, like how do we work with our products and silver jackets, one of these stories, like how we tell people that through innovation, they can actually limit their impact. We are always optimized for sustainability in every business practice we have. So looking at fabric, we only work with class A and class B fibers, which is only organic or recycled fibers. We believe that is the future and that is the lowest impact fibers can have on the environment. And check out more on our fabrics page on organicbasics.com.
1: Ready to give it to the dirty bastards called the fashion industry? Check out organicbasics.com slash trash talking to get free shipping on your first order of cozy organic tanks and other high-tech basics. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more trash talking with eco-warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at TrashyBeautyCo.